0: Well, Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to SPCC. We're so glad that you're here today, kicking off 2021, this new year, with us. In case I look a little bit unfamiliar to you or we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Dan Hodson. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is a true, a real honor and joy to be able to share uh, with you, along with Pastor Gary and Greg, who you'll hear from a little bit later as we talk through Philippians 1 today. You know, it goes without saying that 2020 was a horrible, tragic, and really difficult year in so many ways, and we will no doubt continue to feel its effects, even as we move into a new year. We acknowledge all that, but today we are really sensing that the Lord has put it on our hearts to share some hopefully really encouraging reflections on uh, what He has done over the past year, uh, and some exciting vision for how He may want to uh, move us and call us forward in, in 21, 21, and even how he's working among us right now. So we're really excited to talk about all of that today. You know, nine months ago, uh, my family and I flew out here from Boston on a mostly empty airplane through empty airports into an empty house uh, to serve in an empty church facility uh, which in which we stand uh, right now. Uh, and nine months later, uh, you know, here we are, and not able to physically meet and worship and fellowship together. That is weird. That's really weird. I've never been in a situation like this, you know? Uh, But it's not nearly as bleak or gloomy as it sounds because we know that God has been at work the whole time and that this church has been alive the whole time. I'm very, very confident in that. And one of the many reasons I can say that is because of your eager engagement Eager engagement is just one of the the many phrases or ideas that has resonated within me as I've reflected on the past nine months here with you at SBCC. And it's something that I believe is evidence of God's enduring work in this church and something that should really encourage all of us and prepare us for the season ahead. Let me say that again, your eagerness to engage is evidence of God's enduring work and should be encouragement for the future. What I mean by that is that I consistently see a want to, a desire, a readiness, a joyful willingness to adapt and to serve and to give and to show love and care and to pray and to fellowship and to really engage. I sense that you are in and that you love that. I I sense that even though we can't be here, uh, you are totally and joyfully here. You know what I mean? Eager engagement. I'm not just making this up, saying nice things. I really, actually, truly see this and hear this. Uh, As I've met with our incredible life group leaders over the past few months, our Tuesday night prayer group every week, our bridge volunteers care ministry. And as as I look to our needs and helps board, what I keep hearing and seeing in all those places is, what can we do? How can we help? Is there a project that we can hop in on? You are in and you are here, you're engaged. And praise the Lord for that, really. You could have allowed COVID to sideline you or unplug you this year. And maybe some people have chosen to check out. But for everyone that I have interacted with at SPCC, for those of you who are watching right now, you are adapting and you're staying plugged in. Even if we all prefer church to be happening in person, even if we miss each other and want to get back to, uh, to fellowshipping live, you're still serving. You're still participating. You're still interacting and caring for others, sharing our content, and you seem genuinely excited about it, eager to engage, joyfully partnered, continuing to minister, even though the circumstances have changed, Uh, even when the ways that we have to do church might feel and be a little unfamiliar or uncomfortable. And friends, that has been a huge encouragement to me personally. As somebody who's here in a new role, on a new team, in a new staff, a new structure, a new culture, I've needed to throw myself into roles and tasks and work styles that are unfamiliar and uncomfortable to me, just to be transparent. Uh, Things that are outside of my my preferences or wheelhouse, my strengths. I I don't love speaking or leading worship into a camera. That feels very strange. Uh, I, I don't love video conferencing. That's not my favorite thing in the world. I'm sure you're pretty sick of Zoom too. Singing at home in my living room is awkward, not going to lie. Weekly prayer meetings have never been a regular part of my church life. And to be honest, you know, I'm actually a little bit insecure about praying along with such strong prayers uh, that we have in this church. I've never been a missions or life groups pastor before. And so what I'm saying is the past nine months have uh, been full of moments where I just kind of feel stupid, insecure, uh, maybe out of place. But what has encouraged me through all of that is seeing your eager engagement. It's you guys. I mean that. Because I realize we're all going through this together, having those same feelings of feeling you know, maybe uncomfortable or out of place. And we're all just trying to adjust and adapt and make it work. And so when I, say, when I see your eagerness to engage, even through unfamiliarity or discomfort, uh, that really renews my hope and my joy in a worshipful way that reminds me that God is doing an enduring work here in and through you. Praise the Lord. You know, one passage that captures and conveys this thought is Philippians 1, which says this. I'll start in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Let me kind of re-paraphrase this for South Bay context. We're so grateful to God for you, for your eagerness to engage and for your partnership in gospel ministry. Even though we're separated by a pandemic suffering and struggling in different ways. It's not stopped us from sharing together in God's grace. Even though we've not been able to meet and to hug physically, we're still holding each other in our hearts. You know, this passage is often discussed uh, as being about personal sanctification. In other words, if God has saved you, then he will make you more and more like Jesus until he returns. And that is a beautiful and true idea. But what Paul is actually saying here. What his point is in this passage is that God began a gospel partnership uh, between the Philippians and Paul, and God will bring that to completion, even through Paul's imprisonment, even through these obstacles. And I believe this is super relevant to us today in that neither lockdown nor pandemic nor any of the extremely difficult circumstances that many of you have undoubtedly faced this year, none of that can stop God from completing what he has started in and through South Bay Community Church. And I believe With all my heart your eagerness to engage is really clear evidence for that and encouragement for the future in other words all the ways that you have stayed connected and chosen to continue investing in the life of this church your gospel partnership with sbcc uh, all those things prove that the church is not dead but that god is doing an enduring lasting living work bringing this thing to completion I have seen this through your generosity. I've seen this through your desire to go on disaster relief trips, to, to build homes down in Mexico, to take food and clothing and the gospel to the homeless in our community, offering every kind of imaginable help for, and care for others who are struggling because of COVID in this season, even in other countries. I've seen this in our life groups where real soul-strengthening, life-giving fellowship is happening. I've seen this with our worship team and our tech team, adapting to new formats and tools and routines and circumstances. We saw this in VBS over the summer, and we see this every week with Kids Crew, with this beautiful array of servants all playing a part to keep our children plugged in and growing in the Lord. We experience this when you all share blessing bags, ministering to each other with fun snacks and thoughtful notes. Church, all of these are life signs, evidence that God is continuing his work here at SBCC. You know, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, but sometimes it's hard to find a pulse on my wrist. If you check it, you might think I'm dead or something. Uh, but if you check up here, this artery or whatever that's called, I'm alive. You can certainly feel the pulse up here. And similarly, if you were to look through our church lobby windows, uh, knock on the back door, office door, it might seem difficult to detect a pulse. But if you look in the right places, if you listen for it, if you think about it, you let God remind you of all that he has done uh, in this church over the past year uh, through your willingness to minister through this discouraging and dead season. You will feel that heartbeat loud and strong. And friends, that is a sign. that's a testimony. It's a witness to the truth that we serve a Savior who is not dead but alive and continuing his work in and through South Bay Community Church. You know, another piece of evidence or another life sign is the abounding love of a connected Christian community that we'll see in Philippians one nine, And so I want to hand that off to Pastor Gary, who's going to share more about that right now.
1: Well, thanks, Pastor Dan. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that God brought him to our church. You know, I love the church. I love our church. Um, despite all the challenges that we have faced in this last year, God has done some amazing things in our midst. As Pastor Dan pointed out, even though you may sometimes find it difficult to detect the pulse, the heartbeat of our church is very strong. If you came here, you'd find an empty building, but we're very much pulsing with life. Even though we're not meeting, uh, more people are part of our church than ever before. And they are old, and they are young, and they are in between. I think of this little guy. His name is Lucas. Lucas. He started watching us online uh, just this last year. And this, is, uh, this was taken of him in September, and he was only five months old. And I love this little guy. He even laughs at my jokes. And I heard that when Pastor Greg speaks, he goes right to sleep. <laughs> but uh, seriously, one of the reasons I love our church is because I have seen you live out what the church is all about. You live it out. You know, in these last 10 months or so, I've heard a lot of people call on the church to meet. And I agree, the church needs to meet. And your six pastors, I mean, we want to meet so badly, we can taste it. In fact, after all, I mean, this is the life that God has called us to. It's all about the church. But we truly believe in our heart of hearts that the Holy Spirit has led us not to gather at this time because of the great uh, risk to you and your loved ones. Uh, there are churches that have chosen to meet and uh, we respect their decision to do so. Uh, and we would never criticize them for what they have chosen, the path that they have chosen. But God has led us uh, in a different direction. And I can tell you that the six of us and our elders, we have prayed and prayed and we have waited on the Lord. We have sought his face on this. We have sought counsel from this. Every time we've made a decision, we will, we'll wait on it some more. And, and this is how God has led us. And to give you an example of how dire uh, we believe the current health crisis is, uh, just between the six of us, we have been tested for the coronavirus 19 times. That's just the six of us, 19 times. And we don't go in to get a test for the fun of it because it's no fun to get that stick shoved up your nose. But we will go get a test when we believe that we might have come in contact with somebody who tested positive or we might have come in contact with somebody who may have come in contact with someone who tested positive. And we have done that. We have been tested on 19 different occasions. And then when Pastor Caleb tested positive, I mean, we were, we were the health crisis uh, just struck home with us and we were absolutely uh, heartbroken and devastated on his behalf. All this to say that we are uh, living in very perilous times when it comes to our health and it has been our highest priority to keep you and your family safe while at the same time doing everything we possibly can to encourage you in your faith. As I mentioned a moment ago, a good number of people have, have said, have called on the church to meet. The church needs to meet. And, of course, we agree with that. But I want you to understand one other thing about that. Meeting together uh, doesn't make a church the church. Meeting together doesn't make a church the church. You know, for as long as the church has been around, the church, people will go to church. They'll go to church on Sundays. They'll show up. They'll sit, they'll watch, they'll listen, they'll sing, and then they'll pray and then leave. Oftentimes without speaking a single word to another person. And then they'll come back the next next week and they'll do it all over again. They'll come, they'll sit, they'll listen, they'll watch, they'll pray, they'll sing, and then they'll leave without even speaking to somebody. I submit to you that that's not the church. That is not what church is all about. Church is not a meeting. Church is not a gathering. Church is not a spectator event. Church is much more than that. The church is a fellowship. It is a family. It is a place where you engage and interact with other people. It is a, it's a loving and caring and vibrant community where you do life with each other. You know, one of the most often quoted verses with regard to the church is Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Take a look at it. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, there it is right there. We are to meet together. No question about that. We are to meet together. But the pivotal question is why? Why are we to meet together? And this passage fortunately answers that question. We are to meet together for the purpose of stirring one another up to love and to good works, and we are to meet together in order that we might encourage one another and exhort one another. And we see it right there. You know, a lot of people will read this passage and will simply focus on the fact that the church needs to meet. We got to meet. But they do so without elaborating on the why. And we've got to remember the why. We meet together for the purpose of stirring one another up and encouraging one another And you you can't do the why by simply gathering. How do you do the why? The only way you can do the why, the only way we can do church is if we eagerly engage, as Pastor Dan pointed out. We must eagerly engage. In other words, you've got to be intentional. Intentional about connecting with others so that you can do life with them so that you can laugh with them, so that you can cry with them, so that you can share your hearts with them, so that you can carry one another's burdens. That's what the church is all about. That's the church. And you've been doing that. We've seen you do that here in these last 10 months. And really, South Bay Community Church is, is proof that the church uh, is alive and the church can still be the church even when it is locked down. I know that in my own life, I couldn't have made it these last 10 months or so without the encouragement and support of my wife and my daughters. But, but I also couldn't have made it without the support and encouragement of, of at least a half a dozen, dozen brothers, not including our six pastors, or five, our six pastors. Recently, um, I started Zooming with two other brothers. And uh, I know a lot of people are, are fatigued with Zoom. They, they say they're all Zoomed out. But I love Zooming with them. I love Zooming with them because oftentimes um, after we're done uh, sharing our hearts and praying for, another, praying for one another, we are, we are moved to tears. And, and our time together is so rich and it fills us up. Uh, I, I, there are a couple of other brothers that I speak with on a weekly basis. Uh, and, and we'll share our hearts and we'll pray for one another. And I can I tell you, it is, it is so rich. And I can't do without that. And many of you know what I'm talking about. that Because this is something you've experienced uh, during this pandemic. You've experienced this yourself. Uh, every week, hundreds of you. Hundreds of you meet in, in life groups. Doing life together. Uh, sharing your hearts with one another. Sharing your struggles and praying for one another. Uh, even if you can't see each other in person. And... Uh, and if you're not part of a life group already, then I want to encourage you, go to our website and join a life group. Uh, join some kind of a group. It, could, it might be our men's group or, or our women's group, but join a group. And, and we will make every, if you sign up, we'll make every effort to place you somewhere where you can begin to engage eagerly with, with others and love one another. And, and I want to encourage you to do this no matter where you're watching from. You may be in another state. You might be in another country. We've got, we've got people in China who come uh, to our prayer meeting every Tuesday evening. We've got people in, in the Philippines who come to our prayer meeting every Tuesday evening. Uh, we've got people who are in our Bible studies on Wednesday evening, led by Scott Bruckner, who are in South Korea. So it doesn't matter where you're at. We you know, encourage you to, to engage with our church. And if you don't have a device that enables you to do that because you simply can't afford it. And you let us know and we'll get a device. We'll figure out how how we can get a device into your hands because we believe it's that important. Several months ago, we heard about a lady named Mary who started watching our services all the way from New Jersey. And one day, Mary decided that she wanted to take it a step further. So she joined our Zoom prayer meeting. It takes place every Tuesday evening at 7 uh, p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The Zoom begins at 7.15. Uh, That's 10 p.m. or 10.15 p.m. New Jersey time. And Mary went to that prayer Zoom meeting and went into a breakout room with a couple people, shared her heart, they prayed for each other. They became friends. And she has hardly missed a week since then. And she is at our service every Saturday night in our chat, talking it up. And we are so thankful for her. This week we heard from Mary. She told us that she has checked out a lot of churches. She found us online. She's checked out a lot of churches. And she said this is the only church she's ever been to where she felt like she was welcome and she was part of our family. And I'd say to Mary, you are. You are part of our family. And that's kind of how we feel about, about everybody who decides they want to, you know, engage here and be part of us. Uh, we, we just, that's because we love people. Here's a remarkable thing. It's truly remarkable. None of us have ever even met her in person. We've never even met her. I mean, some of you are watching don't even know where New Jersey is. But we have never met her, yet we are family. You see, the church is not about meeting per se. The church is about eagerly engaging with people, with other Christ followers. Now, picking up where Pastor Dan left off, Paul told the church at Philippi uh, what his prayer was for them. Take a look at Philippians 1, verse 9. Here's what Paul wrote. And this is my prayer. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more and knowledge and depth of insight. His prayer for them is that their love would abound more and more. Right in the first part of this chapter, he commended them for their partnership in the gospel and their genuine love for one another. Here in verse 9, he, he basically says, and his prayer is, keep it going. Brothers and sisters, keep it going. Keep loving one another. Let your love abound more and more and more. And what a great prayer. Church, I want you to know that this is our prayer for you this year. This is our prayer for you that your love would abound more and more and more in 2021. See, the truth is, we have no idea what 2021, what what it will be like, except that uncertainty will probably rule the day. And if the virus continues to spread unchecked, which I hope will not be the case, there's no telling when we will be able to gather. But one thing can be certain, one thing is absolutely certain of, and that is the church can still be the church. The church can still thrive. Under these uh, conditions, the church can excel and the church can enlarge its kingdom and our heart can continue to beat strong and our light can continue to shine brightly and our little church can make a difference in the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of people all around the world. And and, And all of that as long as we eagerly engage and love each other more and more. You know, if you've been a part of our online community for the last 10 months or so, but you have yet to engage in some way with us beyond just watching our messages, our services uh, on YouTube or on our app or at a website, I want to urge you to take the next step. Go to our website today after our service is done. Go to our website and sign up for a life group or check out, our men's group. Find out when they meet, or our women's group when they meet. Check out our Zoom prayer meeting starting at seven seven o'clock Pacific Standard Time every Tuesday evenings. Check out what's happening. With a, youth, with a new young adult ministry that Pastor uh, Dave is starting. Check out what's happening in our youth ministries, our junior high school ministry, our high school ministry, and even our college ministry. Find out how you can serve. And then coming up this month, we're going to be providing more opportunities for you to engage with, with other people in our church. And some of it will be outrageously fun. You're going to have a lot of fun with that. So be on the lookout for those opportunities. If you will fully engage, engage eagerly and let your love abound more and more, I promise you, it will change your life. It will change your life and COVID or no COVID, we will be the church that God wants us to be. Now I want to turn it over to Pastor Greg and he'll wrap this up.
2: Well, thanks, Pastor Gary. I, re- I really loved what Pastor Dan and Pastor Gary both shared that though we have stopped meeting together physically, you have not stopped being the church. That Though the church has temporarily stopped meeting in person, that has not been a barrier for you to eagerly engage and to lovingly connect with one another. I love that because it actually helps answer a question that I've been asking myself a lot during this pandemic. The question, what is the church? What is the church? And more recently, I've been asking more specifically, what is the mission of the church? This past week, I was reading a magazine, a Forbes magazine article about Kodak and how Kodak failed to embrace digital technology and held on to physical film a little too long. And as I was reading this article, my son was sitting next to me, Evan, he's 10 years old, and He saw the title of that article and he asked me, he says, Daddy, what's Kodak? And I said, "Okay, like here's a teaching moment right here. So I began to explain to him how difficult life was for Daddy when he was in high school. And I told him, I said, Evan, when I was in high school, we had these cameras where you had to wind it every time you took a picture. And I had 12 shots, 12 opportunities to capture a moment. And I told them once in a while I'd get lucky to get 24 exposure film, but usually it was 12 exposure film. And I told them I would take this to like homecoming dance or football games or hang out with my friends. And I only had 12 shots. And I said, I don't even know if I captured the moment until I was able to finish all 12 in that roll of film and have my mom take me to Lucky's, the supermarket here in Torrance, to get it developed. And I probably wouldn't get them back or see them until about a week or a few weeks, maybe a month after the initial event. And then when I finally got those developed pictures back, I'd look at them and most of them turned out terrible. People had their eyes closed, they were blinking. I would have my double chin again. Everybody had red eyes or somebody moved and they were blurry. And so maybe six or seven of the 12 pictures were actually keepers. And as I was trying to explain this to Evan, I look at his face and, and I, I realize I'm speaking a foreign language to him. And I said, Evan, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, does it make sense to you? And he says to me, he goes, yeah. But that is so sad. And I was like, yeah, exactly. That's what this article is about. It's sad, right? It's sad that Kodak used to be synonymous with photography. But now it's a name that's unknown to my son. has no idea who Kodak is or what Kodak was. And I, I, I think it's because Kodak failed to embrace digital technology. Instead of embracing and holding on so tightly to physical film, it would have been good for Kodak to ask a question to clarify their mission. What are we in the business for? Are we in the business of film photography or are we in the business of photography? Are we in the business of film or in the business of photography? And I think it's good for us Christians, as the church, to get clarification as well and ask ourselves, what is our mission? What is our mission? Are we in the business of getting bodies in a building, or are we going to be about our Father's business to make His glory known to all peoples? As the doors have been closed since March and People have seen this as a devastating thing for the church, as if the devil has won up the church. He, he's got a W, like he's winning right now. Or some people are, are getting antsy and, and restless over whether the church is ever going to open and meet in person again. I, th- I think that's a great desire to have. We have that desire as well, as Pastor Gary mentioned. But we need to collectively ask ourselves what is our mission? That's the question not just for the pastors, not just for the staff, but as a church. What is our mission? Is it getting bodies in a building or is it reaching people for Jesus? So the question is, what is our mission? And if you're new to South Bay Community Church, this is our mission statement. For South Bay Community Church, it has always been to help people who are far from God find and follow Jesus Christ. And more recently, we've modified it to help people all over the world who are far from God find and follow Jesus Christ. I want to go back to Philippians chapter 1 that Pastor Dan uh, introduced to us and Pastor Gary followed up. In go back to Philippians 1. I want to show you verse 12. Remember, as Pastor Dan mentioned, Paul is in prison. So he's writing this letter to the Philippian church while shackled up in prison. And in verse 12, he says to them, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What's happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Remember, Paul is locked down, right? He's locked up, he's in jail, he's experienced lockdown. He's unable to meet with the Philippian church in person, he's unable to meet with anybody physically in person, but that did not quench his fire. That did not kill the mission. He saw that there were still ways for the gospel to go forth and the gospel to advance, and he was going to do whatever it took to help get the word, spread the message of Christ out there in the world, because that that was the mission. And if Kodak's mission was to produce film, then their mission is over, because film is long gone. But if their mission is photography, then they would capture whatever method it takes to help people capture photos. No pun intended there. But they would do whatever it takes to to help people capture memories, capture beauty, capture photos, even if it meant shifting their focus on digital technology. And if that day comes when digital is outdated, then they would then have to find new methods and new means to help people capture photos. And so though the means and the methods may change, the mission does not change. The mission does not change. And so what is the mission of the church? What's the mission? It's not meeting physically. Although that helps the mission along It definitely helps people locally in this community find Jesus and follow Jesus. It's one way to accomplish the mission. It's just not the only way. It's not the only way. We can't wait till that day comes when we can meet together. But the mission is so much more than that. I'm being reminded during this pandemic that our mission is to advance the gospel and to reach people, to help people find Jesus. Help people follow Jesus. You know, last week I was um, working on my bike. I was trying to put on a new tire on my mountain bike. And it's cool. The technology these days, they have tubeless tires. So you no longer need an inner tube, right? You just fill it with some liquid sealant. And whenever there's a hole or a puncture in your tire, that sealant fills it up and seals that hole. It's really cool. And so I was watching a video of this guy who had sealant in his tires and he is pumping it up and he's pumping, 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 and all of a sudden, boom! The tire explodes and sealant just gets all over the place. Sealant's all over his garage floor, all over his tools, all over the ceiling, all over his face, all over his clothes. It's just everywhere. And I love that picture because... That's a picture of the church. That's what should happen to the church. Pastor Dan shared with me this great illustration where when the church is under pressure and tensions rise, what should happen to the church? Well, the church should get all over the place. It should explode and go to all places and get everywhere. That's what should happen to the church under pressure. And I believe that's what we've seen God do. As we've been in this lockdown and the pressure has been upon us and in many ways, tension has been rising and people are eager to engage. I've really seen that the gospel has been able to go out in new ways that we haven't seen before the pandemic. We've seen the church and the gospel just get all over the place. In addition to the ways that Pastor Dan and Pastor Gary have already shared today and also in previous messages, I have to repeat that I've seen our staff and our team create new ways, get innovative about how to get our message online, how to get our worship and our content online, not only for you who call South Bay Community Church home, but to new people in new places, people way beyond the South Bay community. We've seen new people not only find, but also follow Jesus because of what God has been doing in us. It's awesome. Real people from real places. And you might have heard these names before, but that's great. That means they're becoming familiar, and that's great because they're family so I want to give a shout out to Mary in Iowa and Stacy and Sophia in, in New York and Mary, who Pastor Gary just mentioned in New Jersey and Gary from Texas and Brian and Janice from Oregon. Thanks for tuning in. And Eudis and, and from Brazil and Suaina in, in Samoa, Mike and Hannah all the way from East Asia, Jocelyn and Matthew in the Philippines, and the list goes on and on. Real people with real names in real places, part of our family. I love it. This past Tuesday for prayer meeting, we, we have regular attenders, a couple from Alhambra, California, Teresa from Portland. Again, Jocelyn from the Philippines joined us. Speaking of the Philippines, it's been amazing to see a growing audience in the Philippines, people connecting with us, reaching out to us to to be friends with us online because they've seen our services. In fact, we're so excited about that that we've started talking with people in our church about how can we build a team, a staff to, to start an online campus for the Philippines where they can join us in worship and hear the message, but build local communities where they can connect where they are. And what pumps me up about that, what excites me, is that if we can figure that out, and if we can do that well, and if we can build a team to successfully build a thriving church online, what's going to stop us from doing the same thing on the east coast of the U.S., in the south of the U.S., north of us in Canada, in Africa, in Lebanon, in East Asia, in South America, and to the ends of the earth. Man, so much has happened to us in 2020. So much has happened to us. But I pray that as a church, we would be able to declare, as Paul declared in Philippians 1 verse 12, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. That what has happened to us, to the church, has actually served to advance the gospel. And so may we learn from Kodak, and may we be clear about our mission, that when changes happen to us and change happens around us, may we continually come together and find new ways to advance the gospel, to help people who are far from God find and follow Jesus Christ. We are the church and this is our mission. And so may we continue to eagerly engage and lovingly connect and may the love of Christ abound in us more and more and more and more until our mission is accomplished. Amen. Let me close and, and say a prayer for you, church. Father God, I just pray. That you would lead us into this new year. Everything is 2020 on hindsight. And now we have great hindsight as we look back to 2020. Lord, we see that you have always been moving. Lord, you've been furthering your purpose. You've been raising up the church. You've been making Jesus known. So thank you that we can see clearly now that you've been working all along. And I pray that 2020 would be an amazing year not because COVID disappears or things become all smooth and convenient, but may it be an amazing year because no matter what happens, we'll see that you are still accomplishing your purpose and fulfilling your mission and working through your people. And so, Lord, we want to get on board with what you're doing. We want to be about your business. And so, God, we look forward to what you have for us. God, we will follow you. You lead us, and we will come behind you. Thank you, Lord, for calling us into your body, allowing us to be part of your family. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.